Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the palatial studios of Bald Spot Productions here in the beautiful city of, of Irvine, California. Oh, I almost said Santa Ana. That would have been quite a misnomer on my part. Uh, <laughs> joining me, oh, for another very special episode of Not Quite After Midnight here on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Joining me from a more than acceptable safe social distance is my guest for this afternoon or this evening or whenever you happen to be listening to it, Erica Ann. Yeah. Hi, Erica. How are you doing? I'm, I'm great, Bill. How are you? So happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you, especially since we're going to be uh, broadcasting, getting to broadcast your new song. Yeah, nine, nine days, days old, old it is. Nine days old. Wow, nine. that's awesome. Not uh, not often you get to have a newborn on a on a on a podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> so so what's uh, what all's happened in the last nine days then uh, since you've uh, since you dropped it? Um, it's been it's been kind of quiet, but actually, um, it has done better than my first single in its first nine days. Which you know, I was a nobody. I'm still kind of a nobody out there in the music world. Um, which it's okay though, because you know my other song has has a lot of streams now, and I think that really helped uh, push this new single and make it a little bit more popular earlier than my first one. So it's a process. It's music. <laughs> yeah, everything has its process. The the podcast is about the same. It slowly but surely uh, picks up listeners here and there, and uh, and all. Um, so, uh, so I, I think I can uh, understand that. Um, tell us a little bit about your uh, your process. Um, how did you how did you come up with the song? How did you start writing it? Uh, all that good stuff. Um, I, how did I write it? I was after I wrote my first song. Um, I had a few songs that I had written before I wrote that one in anticipation of choosing a song to be my first song. And then I re-looked at those songs after I did my first song and wasn't sure if any of those were the right ones for song number two. And um, during the um, networking group that I'm part of, and you are also part of, Music Network One, um, one of my fellow members at the time, Kevin Land, who is also a singer-songwriter, um, had talked about during a session that we had together how he had done a 30-day kind of writing um, prompt where he just wrote a chorus a day for 30 days. And so that was, that was really cool. And so I decided I was going to do 30 days of 30 choruses as well. And I did. I did all 30 days. And it was super successful. So then from those 30 choruses, I went through and picked out my favorites and I wrote them in a different journal and then I just went through and started giving each one a melody so I would sing each chorus that I really thought resonated with me and that I could turn into a future song and that's where song number two came from was from one of those uh a chorus a day for 30 days nice so you've got 30 songs in you I have a lot already written. Um, I actually, when I submitted to my producer, Emo Aladdin, um, a song for song number two, I had three songs 
completed. Um, one, I believe, was from before the 30 days uh, challenge, and two were from that 30-day challenge. And so I wrote out the lyrics, and I sent him the lyrics to all three songs and a rough uh, vocal of me singing the melody that I had attached to each one. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a new singer-songwriter. My first song was my very first ever um, writing and and having a song done. Um, and so that was really exciting. And so this time, I'm still kind of new, and I sent him these three songs. And his feedback that he gave me when he came back after he had listened to them, he said, that, you know, I thought that they would all kind of have a similar um, sound and feel to them because I am new and I didn't take that as, you know, um, anything less than a compliment anyways. <laughs> and then he said, though, but he said each one had their own flavor and their own sound. And so he was really surprised that I was able to give him three distinctly different songs as someone who's very new to the songwriting process. So that was a very big, very big compliment coming from him. So I was really excited to hear that um, maybe it's not such a far stretch for me to be, you know, writing music and creating to share with the world. <laughs> no, no, I think you're very talented. Uh, your first single, uh, uh, The Ghost of Kurt Cobain, uh, that, was a, uh, that was definitely a great song. Um, I've listened to it many times. Uh, and uh, I'm sure I'll listen to uh, to the new song, uh, the one that you love, uh, just as much. So, uh, um, but uh, um, but tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? Uh, do you have a musical background, or uh, or is this something new for you altogether? It is new to me altogether. I do. I wouldn't say that I have a musical background. Um, I don't play any instruments. I can play a little bit of one-handed piano. <laughs> uh, my dad had keyboards a lot. My dad is musical. My sister and my brother are very musical. My brother can play the guitar and some other instruments. My sister plays the clarinet. So I feel like I just didn't get that, <laughs> that talent. I got the art talent from my mom's side of the family. Um, but being creative kind of goes hand in hand. So music in, in, writing and all that is all still a creative process. <clears throat> I just don't have the the hand coordination to do like the chords and everything. Um, I've been trying to learn guitar. But so my musical background, I have done like karaoke. Um, so I've sang in front of a crowd before because I've done like I said karaoke at clubs and stuff. Um, I was always in love with like singing and becoming a singer-songwriter when I was a teenager. I mean, who doesn't? I grew up in L.A., so growing up in L.A., and when I was 15 and a half, my best friend, uh, Barbara, and I, we are still friends, very good. We talk every week. Um, we used to go see uh, The Unforgiven, a group that was, like, uh, Western before Western hit, like, the mainstream and was a big thing. And we would go see them in L.A. in little tiny clubs. So, I mean, at 15 and a half, being able to go out and go to clubs in Los Angeles and see a lot of bands that, you know, now are, are still around and still, still playing was like um, a gift, I think, because not all cities have, you know, a good music hub that you can go to when you're young or even when you're, you know, going through your 20s and 30s. And certainly L.A. did. So I was lucky in that 
And so, of course, I always wanted to be <laughs> singer-songwriter. But I had the parents that were like, they wanted to keep me grounded. And, yeah, no, people don't go out and just become singer-songwriters, actresses, models, none of that. They, you know, I had to have a real job and put all that silly thought aside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've heard uh, I've heard that many a time, but uh, you know uh, what uh, what made you finally break free from uh, from that thought to uh, to actually uh, start writing? Um, once I left the Navy, I was in the Navy for twenty years. I retired from the Navy, and um, towards the end of my Navy career, I would do things that weren't necessarily I didn't need to do them. Like I I went to work at medieval times when I was stationed in Dallas and I absolutely loved it. I was a photographer, so I got to go around and take pictures of people and dress up like a wench. And I just loved every little bit of it. It was like being an actress, but not, you know, being on TV or anything, but the people who were there to see you, I mean, they, this is their vacation. So they were so just happy to see me and interact. And I just, I loved that. So I decided if I could do that as a side gig, I could probably do just about anything as a side gig. Although I didn't know how to go about um, being more musical. I do, I do have two really poorly sounding recordings from back when they used to have, like, you could go into the little booth, usually like in a touristy town, and you could record yourself to music, and then they give you the. I have one is a cassette tape of Bette Midler's "The Rose," okay. and it is it, it's not bad <laughs> per se, but it's definitely not all in tone. It's, it's a bit pitchy. <laughs> so that was that was like. And then I have one when I was a bit older. Um, and I say, my son and I have a song, uh, You're the One. And so that was always our song because for a long time I was a single parent. It was just the two of us. And so I tried to sing that for him and it just did not come out very well because it, it's not in my vocal range. Um, as much as I love the song and I do love to sing it, it's just, it's not what like I feel like I'm I'm meant to sing so and now being able to have a producer and have someone who helps me um be in the right vocal range for my voice um it definitely helps and so I'm so glad that I didn't just give it up from those two recordings and be like oh no this isn't for me (laughs) (laughs) oh third time's the charm right (laughs) absolutely never give up never Never give up just keep practicing and studying and figuring out what it is that you need to do to to accomplish. And that could be with anything, you know, if you're, you want to write a book, you want to do art, it doesn't matter because everything's subjective. There's always going to be a fan out there who's going to like what you're presenting. Even if, you know, 90% of the people in the world didn't like either of my songs, I am still good (laughs) With just having that small 10% that do, even if it was just my family, I would still be feeling 10% of the world is still 700 million people. (laughs) Very very true. (laughs) So, yeah, if if each of them bought your song on on one of the the streaming platforms, uh, that'd be pretty good. 
Yeah, that would be pretty good. <laughs> it was not my goal, though, for sure. Um, it definitely was not a stardom. And um, at no point did I ever think putting a song out that one, that it was automatically going to be something that everybody heard readily or that it was going to launch me into some sort of stardom because it's really not at this point in my life what I'm looking for. It's more of hitting those bucket list items and doing things that make me feel accomplished mm -hmm. in my life and leaving tangible things behind for my children. And so that was the main focal point of, of the ghost of Kurt Cobain for sure. And now um, I never thought I would do another song after that one. I just, I just figured it would be like a blip on the musical radar and it would come out and maybe like a hundred people, you know, friends and family would listen to it. And then that would be it. And I would just go on my merry way being like, Oh, I have a song. <laughs> and that's not what happened. So I'm truly blessed that as many people have listened to it and still listen to it to, to this day. I don't think I have um, many days that go by where someone does not listen to it. And that's just, it blows my mind. <laughs> about how many uh, about how many streams are you up to? Um, I am just shy of fifteen thousand for uh, the Ghost of Kurt Cobain. So I'm about a hundred and I want to say one hundred and sixty, I think, right now, away from fifteen thousand, and that's just under two years. It'll hit its two year birthday on November twentieth of this year. Okay, that's cool. And then my new song has fifty six streams in the first nine days and i think the ghost of kurt cobain started out with maybe 15 in the first uh the first two weeks so yeah it's it's definitely uh gotten more more exposure but then of course people know me now from the first song so those people who gravitated towards it are definitely checking out the new song to see if i if i'm still still singing something that they're interested in listening to yeah, and I saw that you'd had some uh, some nice reviews from uh, from some people, um, so uh, that's definitely awesome. Um, <laughs> where can uh, where can people hear the new song, uh, the one that you love? They can hear it on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. Uh, is it Deezer or Dozer? Which I, I don't I'm not familiar with it, but I know that it's on there, um, and I think it's it should be already on most streaming platforms because um, DistroKid is my distribution company mm -hmm. and they send it out to all the major uh, places like Instagram, TikTok, it's on all those. It might just take it a, a little bit, you know, the first month it might take a while for each one to trickle in, but it will be there eventually. Okay, cool. So plenty of places to hear. Yeah, we're going to hear it uh, here on, uh, on through Spotify just because it was easiest. And I like Spotify. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, this podcast saved on Spotify, and I love it because it reminds me every time you put out a new episode of Not Quite After Midnight, <laughs> it tells me. <laughs> yep, yep, it does. Um, let's see. How do I get the link to it? Let's see. I'm checking to see if I can. Okay, share. Copy song. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I'll put the uh, I'll put the link uh, to the uh, to the song on uh, on Spotify uh, on uh, in the description so people can find it real easily. Awesome. And, uh, um, yeah, I like uh, I like the way Spotify tracks the number of listens and and uh, all of that kind of stuff. 
Um, These very good insights. I guess yeah, that's what they call Yeah, the insights, the analytics. Your algorithm and stuff. I do, I prefer <laughs> Spotify too, because it's really quick and they update it daily. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, let's uh, let's see if we can get the the song to work, and then we'll uh, then we'll continue on. Okay, I'm going to move us from. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. I'm like, it cut off your head, <laughs> and I I know why. Let me let me fix that. Okay, there we go. Okay, I'm going to switch it so they won't be able to see us. They'll see Spotify in the thing. So I'll go ahead and move, take it off of mute. Hit play. There we go. I don't know if you can hear it. Can you hear it? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, they should be able to hear it. <laughs> Why can't I be the selfish one?
Almost went uh, almost went into the ghost of Gurkha vein. No, that wouldn't be a bad thing. We could play that too. Now that now that I know how to do it and uh, and get uh, get music playing on the show, then uh, shoot, I, I wanna I wanna play around with that. But uh, uh, but that's a great song. I lo- I really like it. Um, the world premiere. What's funny is you say the world, the world premiere at Spotify, uh, Spotify another great, great thing about Spotify is it not only tells you like what, what cities your, your song is playing in, it tells you what countries your top countries are. And, and so, so far, I am in seven, seven different countries for the new, for the new song. song. Oh. So exciting. <laughs> and nine days, it's already reached seven countries. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember when when I used to do the radio show on AM830, uh, tracking, uh, we only did uh, stuff on uh, um, on uh, Facebook as far as uh, tracking analytics goes. But uh, uh, we had at least two countries in on every continent except Antarctica. <laughs> <coughs> so, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, the, yeah, the ghost of Kurt Cobain has reached nine countries. It told me last year at my. At my uh, um, my Spotify wrap-up. Wrap up. So, yeah. it's, it's a few more than, than, than the new, than the new single, single, but the new single, single will get there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it will. It will, I'm sure. And then when you finish the rest of your uh, rest of your album... Uh... <laughs> Definitely, Definitely, I did... I did um... I get I get I get a new planner every year and I do like like a spotlight of the year like a vision board that that I that I want to accomplish each year. I don't always accomplish everything on the vision board. Song number two was definitely on the vision board for this year and it did get done. So I so I added song number three onto the vision board for next year. But even if it falls maybe a year after that, because I did put two years in between song one and two. Um, just, um, to just to be able to, to give, give the first one enough time to promote, to promote it, it and still, you know, track it and get it, get it out there and pass the word. The word. So, so, but but now that now I'm a little, little bit more known, more known it, it, I, might I might not need that much time to, to, to put out put out song number three. three. I've just got to decide. Um, what, what what song, what song is going to fit with the first two, two so that now that, now that I'm, I'm thinking, thinking for an album, album, I want to make sure that it's cohesive and that everything is going to fit together. together. Um, and I'll definitely, though, release it as a single first, because I think it's smarter, smarter in this day and age to release each song and give it its own time and its own, not marketing, but... Um, promotion, promotion so that, so that people, can people can hear it and maybe fall in love with it, it and it doesn't get lost on an, on an album in, in 13, 13 tracks. tracks. Let's see, 13 tracks every two years, so we're looking at 26 years. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, well, I have, have, have two other, other songs already, already finished. finished. I sent three <laughs> email, email, and then we just narrowed down, down, down to one. So, so I actually have, have two more done, done that, that, that become, become songs very, very quickly. <laughs> oh, goodness. So what inspired you? Um, for, um, this for this particular song? Sure. Um, um, this, this song is a... a I don't know if, if didactic is the right word. Right, right, right 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 um, <laughs> it is a it song, is a song not, only not only for myself, but, but for, for some friends, some friends of, mine of mine who um, we just, we seem, just to seem to find the, 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 wrong, the, wrong, the wrong men, men <laughs> in our lives. 
and um, a few, a few of us have found someone that we could have could have potentially, potentially really been the right, the right one, one, only for whatever, whatever reason. Um, either either we're not, we not available, or they're not, they're not available. Um, in, my in my case, it definitely would be they're not, they're not available, available um, to be the right one. And, and I know there's I know a lot of people out there who, who fall into this, which is why I wrote, I wrote the song, because I want, I want people, people to understand that just, just because you find, find someone that you believe, you believe is the right, is the right one, one um, there should, there be, should no be no stigma that says that, says that um, you're, a you're a bad person, person for, for, for falling in love with someone, with someone that, you know, you, know, you can't, can't necessarily be with. Not, not everyone who falls in love with someone that they know is not available is one of those, one of those people, people that is trying, trying to ruin a relationship, relationship or, or, you know, um, to make, to make that, relationship. that relationship. But, but they're... Their feelings, their feelings are still, are still real, real feelings. feelings. They're still true feelings. feelings. And I feel and I like they should, they should not, not be um, treated, treated poorly, poorly for having feelings. We don't try to fall in love with certain people. people. I, mean, I mean, maybe there are, there are people out there who do, but, but I mean, um, if you genuinely just wake up one day and you're like, wow, <laughs> I really like this person, but wow, I can't, you know, that person's not available. They have a commitment. And... So that's why in the song, I, I start out with the, the line, um, why can't I be the selfish one? Because I am a good person is why. <laughs> because I'm not going to be that person who's going to try to ruin, you know, someone else's happiness. Because I'm, I'm happy for those who are in relationships nowadays because I feel like relationships just don't last. Like the relationships of our parents, like my parents have been together almost 60 years or, you know, maybe just over 60. Um, and it's like, you don't see that nowadays. People just don't stick, stick with it and stay together. So I definitely applaud people who do find the one and do get to celebrate those milestones because I certainly <laughs> did not, uh, choose wisely in my two relationships. Um, and some of my smaller relationships just, they were not nice people. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm just plodding on and hoping to share my, my wisdom with other people, even if it's just to let them know that they're not alone out there in the world, for sure. I, I did like the line in there, uh, um, uh, how do I exercise you from my mind? It, it is tough let me tell you because i i am going to be 100 percent honest this this song scared me to release it because my inner circle knows me and they they know for whom <laughs> i would be releasing this song for from my standpoint mm -hmm. they don't know like the other people that i wrote it for because right. i i'm good at keeping secrets and i definitely would not throw anyone out there um, but it was not just written for me. Some of the lines are not um, like, I loved you right from the start. That's for somebody else. It is not something, um, I did not fall in love with someone. It, like, love at first sight it didn't happen for me. So, <laughs> But I did, I did wake up one day and realize that I was in love with someone who could not return that love. And it's okay. You know, it happens. Yeah. But it's not like I can just turn off those feelings and not, you know, not be that person 
and not, you know, not have those feelings. And it's very difficult finding yourself, you know, in that position, trying to do the right thing, wanting to still be a friend with this person because you do enjoy their company. You enjoy things about them, whatever it was that, you know, you felt like you had in common and it just makes it difficult. And so it was a scary thing putting it out there, but emo is very, um, what's the word, um, very reassuring and you know i've i've listened to much of his music and he has a lot of heartbreak music as well that um that i definitely connect with and he definitely puts himself out there as a person and as and as an artist as well you know putting those feelings out there knowing the person that he wrote it for is going to hear it and you know he just says you know let those people be and they can go on their way and you can have your, you know, your song and get your feelings out there and connect with the people who they're in your same, you know, they're in your same place. And so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, um, you know, I'm definitely one of those people who can relate. Uh, my first uh, one, uh, the, uh, she actually passed away and, uh, um, and, uh, and I still can't, uh, there's still a part of my, of my mind that's occupied by her. And uh, so uh, um, definitely uh, can uh, can relate to wanting to exercise <laughs> someone from my brain. It's it's difficult because no one tells us when we're children. You know, our parents always say someone's out there for you. You know, and um, there are people that I've known from in the military all the way up until now who like I've known married couples where. Um, both of them were in love with someone else, but they didn't want to, they didn't want to disappoint each other and ruin, you know, they were afraid to ruin their marriage that they had for either one of them to go the other direction. No one warns us that even if we get married to someone that we think is the right one, we don't know, you know, for sure 100% that that one person could still be out there. And if we meet them at the wrong time, <laughs> there's, there's no way to go back and, you know, it's not easy on anyone because people's feelings get hurt, you know, and stuff happens. In the one instance of the two people um, who are both in love or married but in love with other people, my best friend um, in the military, her name was Terry, she actually passed away and that freed her husband up. And I don't want to say that I was necessarily the one for him but he did make a very hard play during his marriage and after she had passed away and i did not date him <laughs> or get together with him because um he was my best friend's husband and i just you know i didn't want to be that person and she never said in life hey if anything ever happens to me you know <laughs> you're free to be with my, you know, it yeah. was never like that. And I'm just one of those people that I just, I just couldn't cross that line. <laughs> I couldn't cross any line. Like I'm such a good person. I, it's hard. It's hard being a good person, <laughs> which it, is it another, part you know, <laughs> yeah, we're, I'll, we're just I'll, not programmed I'll to be good the, people. Yeah. I'll pin the, the scarlet A to my heart <laughs> and I'll, I'll love this person even if it's for the rest of my life, I'll love him in my heart, but it doesn't mean that, you know, if, if he's happy, then I'm happy for him in whatever, you know, relationship he's in. And I will just love him from, from afar. 
Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's just the way it is. We we live uh, we live in a broken-hearted world. I think we do. <laughs> well, it makes great music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what music's for. Part of what music's for. You know, uh, who who doesn't love listening to a good heartbreak song? Or, uh... I grew up on Heartbreak songs. I listened to Air Supply, like, <laughs> on a Walkman that I found, and a Air Supply tape that I also found, and, oh, I just listened to it over. I could sing you Air Supply right now without having to look at because I sang it so much as a teenager. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, I, I do the occasional karaoke, but, uh, uh, but uh, it's... I've actually had the somebody actually turned my microphone off once during uh, while I was singing karaoke. That, that's how bad I am. So. <laughs> I think you know, just another shot of whiskey, and that person's going to be a great singer. You know, just sit down, drink some whiskey, let the person finish their song. <laughs> okay, and show me the way to the next whiskey bar. <laughs> I won't let them unplug the, the mic on okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta get the we gotta get the gang together for uh, for a, uh, a mixer or something or a karaoke night. Absolutely, yeah. I'm down. Yeah, get you get you down from your uh, from your ivory tower up there on the on the <laughs> north side. <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, that's uh, that's about our time. Um, don't wanna don't wanna keep this uh, going too long. But uh, um, do you have uh, anything else to say to the nice people? Um, I will be back on Not Quite After Midnight on November the 3rd. Mm. Not for the same um, same type interview as this, right. but I will be back. So. Yes, I know. It's, uh, yeah, so just, uh, just a couple weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, what was it? Uh, not not this week's. It hasn't had enough time to stew yet. But the week before, uh, we got over twenty thousand views on uh, on YouTube. So, uh, which was really exciting. You know, when you when you hit numbers like that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, what's awesome is is after after that one show hit uh, those numbers, all the other shows started hitting bigger numbers, too, because people were exploring and going, oh, what else can I see? So, uh, um, so that that was pretty awesome, but uh, um, but yeah, um, okay then. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I decided to stop asking the hot dog question. Um, <laughs> I I found that uh, that some I used to ask uh, um, all the guests uh, is a hot dog a sandwich or not, <laughs> and then uh, and then I saw a New York Times article that declared a hot dog a taco. So I decided to uh, to stop that uh, that nonsense. <laughs> now I need to come up with a new bit of nonsense to uh, to to end the show with. But uh, um... <laughs> but anyway, uh, the song is the one that you love. I'm uh, I've been speaking with Erica Ann. You can find her wherever fine music is proffered. Um, and uh, I certainly hope that you do. Um, and uh, yeah, the next thing we got to get you to do is a video. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know Emo said I need to do a video. So yeah. um, I am working on it. I'm working on getting uh, this song onto a, um, a single too, where it's available. I still have copies of The Ghost of Kurt Cobain, Cobain <laughs> available. Okay. 
um, for purchase, and then I'm getting ready to put the new single on on a disc too. So that'll be awesome. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon to a store near you. <laughs> All right then. Well, um, I will uh, I will bid you a fond farewell, and uh, um, certainly uh, hope. Uh, um, oh. Uh, you know, this is not the only show that we have. Of course, uh, later this evening, uh, I'll be doing uh, YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday. Uh, so uh, so be sure to tune in for that. Um, and then uh, this coming Tuesday will be another episode of YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All, where uh, we'll be diving deep into uh, into the Psalms once again and uh, see, some, uh, see some meaning uh, for it. And uh, then on Thursday, we'll be having, uh, let's see, another episode of uh, Not Quite After Midnight, uh, this time with Lynn Hightower and Brad C. Anderson. Um, so it'll be, uh, it'll be another interesting conversation, so I hope you'll join us. And uh, um, stay tuned for the end credits. <laughs> That's it. I'll roll the end credits, and uh, so you can you can go now. Be on your way. Bye. I'll see you on Wednesday. <laughs> okay. <-do. laughs> Have a great one. Bye. Bye. Oops. Wrong thing. Okay, there we go. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. Uh, I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host like to thank my special guest, Erica Ann. Yeah. If you feel so led, please support the show over on Patreon. We're known as Bald Spots Pro. Uh, that's the production company. That's a vanity label, I know. Don't miss YWL Online, uh, airing on Tuesdays and Saturdays. You can find YWL Online on Facebook and wherever fine uh, podcasts are sold. Tune in next time for Lynn Hightower and Brad C. Anderson. Please be sure to like, comment, and share uh, to stay informed. You know, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do to kick that algorithm into gear. And, uh, and so we can reach more people because uh, that's pretty important. So once again, thank you all for tuning in and uh, have yourself a wonderful whenever.